Hello and welcome to the SEO Andy podcast with me, Andy Kinsey. And this is the last podcast of the year. And first off, we are going to be covering just one subject today. There is no news because I don't want to do the news this week. It's a very festive feeling we've got this week because, of course, it's Christmas coming up and the new year. We're just going to be talking all things 2023. And to go along with that, we are going to be talking about what the trends for 2023 are going to be. So let's start with what the first trend for 2023 is really going to be. And that will be that content will be focused around user intent. Now, for most people who live in the SEO world, they will really think that actually probably already is. However, if you don't live in the SEO world, you probably really think, actually, I write product descriptions, for example, and those product descriptions just describe the product. But what we mean here is that you need to think about, for example, why the user comes to your website and why they come to specifically that page. So there are four types of user. There might be more, depending how you want to split it down for your user journey. So the four primary ones, as we see it as SEOs, are there is navigational. This is someone who wants to go to a specific website. There is informational, someone who is looking for a specific answer to a question or for a specific topic. There is, sorry, I'm just having a bit of an issue with my computer on the moment. Um, there is transactional. This is someone who is going to buy. So they've come to your website for the specific purpose of buying something. Or that is commercial. This is someone who is likely to buy or likely to convert at a late stage, but they're not quite ready yet. So they're a bit further down the chain, but they're not quite ready yet. Now, as I say, there, there might be a few more. It depends how you split down your personas and whatnot. But what you'll tend to find is that most of your users will sit somewhere in that. And what you'll tend to find is that if you just, for example, write a product description because you're the store owner, the way you'll think about things is that, oh, great, I've written a product description. It describes the product and what it does. And say Joe Blogs comes along and they read it and they go, great, it does the job. But over on Amazon, it describes the product in exactly the same way. And it's not sold by yourself. It's sold by, for example, Sam Smith down the road. 
Now, they're offering it for, say, 50p cheaper. So why wouldn't they buy it from them? You're a small business. You want them to buy it from you. But your generic product description, because you're just describing the product, you want them to buy it from you because you're a small business. And obviously, you want the support for your business. So what you need to do is be user intent focused. You want that purchase. So you need to focus on the product. You need to focus on the user. So why should the user buy it? For example, you need to sell the benefits to the user. You need to sell its features. And you need to stop being generic. If someone was coming to say to use for say information about um say you've got several stores or centers and they were wanting to know a bit more about those centers because you're say a charity you could have a faq section on those location pages to answer specific questions that come up time and time again because actually serves a purpose it stops you getting calls and it would also help you in terms of search engines because you would get more real estate through those faqs on the people also ask section of the search so you get more real estate there as well and the reality is is that you get more brand per purchase and trustworthiness and authority through it so through this exercise of knowing the user intent and writing content for it and doing it in that way you not only get more transaction eventually and more sales and leads but you also gain more real estate on search and you get more from the user so that's the first thing that we really think will take off next year we saw it this year with, for example, Google's updates to e-commerce, for example, it kind of, to some extent, got rid of the wishy-washy uh, product descriptions for, um, sorry, not product descriptions, the reviews earlier in the year, where you couldn't just have really cheap product, descript product descriptions, reviews, which were not, which were just have pros and cons on them. You had to have more to it. And we did see it with product descriptions much earlier in the year. Sorry, I was right there. Um, with the, you couldn't just have manufacturer descriptions and manufacturer images. You had to really engage with it and have your own bit of content there. So the second thing this year, in 2023, this year is coming up, is local search. And the last time we really saw this come to the fore was probably, I think, probably two or three years ago. The last time Google did a really big maps update, um, which went along with their uh, voice search update. And the big local search update, I think we'll see, comes from the fact that actually we're seeing a likely recession globally coming forward. And so people are going to, just as we saw with COVID, they're going to shop locally. And so 
we're already seeing a rise in the near me searches and also it's coming from the fact that people have less money to spend so they're going to want to and that usually means people want to spend it locally uh it's just kind of the way economics works um and also the cost of fuel generally is going up so again it keeps people local and they'll want to spend that money locally um, other than obviously if they go to the big smiley company that begins with a um, which obviously undercuts a lot of people so it's economy driven cost of living driven so what what do we see coming well Google Maps gets a regular update. Um, we think there's one coming as well for Android and Apple Maps as well. Um, sorry, iOS. Google Maps on iOS will get there eventually. Um, so increase your awareness on Google My Business. Lots of updates to that, post updates to it. Not quite as often as you would to social media, but if you post say, a blog post every week, go on post that link over on your google my business post new pictures to google my business make sure your services are up to date make sure your business addresses are up to date on that and that they match your website and all your other citations all match google my business if your business addresses don't match google my business and your website your phone numbers don't match google my business starts have a bit of a, an issue where it sometimes doesn't show up quite as often, particularly on mobile. So it's a bit of a quirk it has. It doesn't happen so much anymore, but it used to happen quite a lot. So also increase the number of view, reviews you get on Google My Business and um, elsewhere um, and on your website, particularly on location pages, but generally increase the number of times you're using location-based keywords. So if you've got a blog that's... So, for example, I'm based in Manchester, Salford and Bolton. I've started using more of those terms. But generally, I just use Northwest, UK. I operate globally. So the reality is, is my keywords are here, there and everywhere. But... For most people, they're heavily locally focused. So Manchester, using a very specific niche area of a few miles around, you can pick up a lot of traffic doing that, even put ensuring you put postcodes occasionally in it. You can pick up a bit of traction through that. So before we move on to our next... As that said, please make sure you like, share, and subscribe to this video. And if you're listening to the podcast, please do subscribe on whichever method you're listening to. Our next um, of five trends coming up in 2023 is the continuing rise of voice search. Many of you will have heard me talk about this over the last few years. But with the rise of Alexa, Siri, um, Google Voice Assistant, and now in-car voice assistants, um, which are a bit iffy 
depending on how you've got them linked up. My in-car voice assistant don't, doesn't answer any search queries, um, but in lots of countries they do. Um, and Siri and Cortana on desktop, the reality is, is that voice search is definitely here to stay. It's definitely a growing trend and it's very conversational because you can't, you don't just ask it one question, you ask it multiple questions. So, for example, you can ask it who the president of America is. You can then say, how old is he? How tall is he? Who is he married to? You can ask it lots of linked questions. And this is all fed from questions that are either on people's websites or Wikipedia or other structured data led websites so when we talk about putting in frequently asked questions on websites we, we always talk about putting in schema and structured data around that when we talk about putting for example products on websites we also talk about putting in structured data on that now that structured data is usually schema or rdf and that is basically so google understands it and if you don't do that, Google doesn't really understand that. It just goes, well, this is a product, great, but it doesn't understand what the price is or, or what an image is or if it's on offer. So you market over structured data. Google suddenly understands it. And you can do that for almost anything. For example, a local business, as I say, you can do it for things like FAQs. And Wikipedia does it for things like age, and various other things. So you can do it for all kinds of things. If you go to schema.org, you can see everything you can do it for. And that then allows you to do all kinds of things. So say it's basically allowed for the rise in voice search. So once you've got all that stuff, you get much more visibility in search generally, but also it opens the door to voice search and gives you much more visibility on mobile. And it'll open the door to, as we've just talked about, um, mobile search, map search, voice search. The next of the five things is video. That's going to continue to grow next year. It's probably going to explode even more than it has done. This year we saw a small bit of testing from Google where they went back to what they did probably three or four years ago, and added some videos to search pages. Next year, I think we're going to see an explosion again in that because their YouTube got knocked off the top spot for a video platform. So next year, I think we'll see them go back to doing that. And they got knocked off the top spot in favour of TikTok. Now, I'm not a user of TikTok. It probably won't surprise many people to hear um, however, pe many people who are younger than me certainly are, and there are many, many businesses on there using it to promote their products. Now, I don't think you will get very far promoting many services on there, certainly such as my own, um, although I could be wrong. However, the research says that across all video, you are 53% more likely to rank highly on Google if you have videos on your page. And that's a statistic I can believe 
because I've seen it with my own eyes. And on product pages, you are 80% more likely to convert if you've got a video on that page. And the other key statistic that really bears is that you are, as a brand, if you use videos regularly, um, HubSpot found that as a brand, you are 54% more trusted through using videos that are embedded on your website. And that's because people, A, can see you and understand what you're saying. So what this all leads to is you should use videos across your website. You should market over structured data. And it's not just data about that video, but thumbnails, key time points, the title of the video, and where it's come from. For example, I've put videos on my website that are not my own. They're from YouTube. I've put a different thumbnail on them because I didn't want to use the thumbnail it came with. So, for example, if I put this one on it, it had the thumbnail of me, I'd put a different thumbnail on it just because I like a more active thumbnail than just my face. Um, the reality is, is you don't have to do that, but always type up the thumbnail. Um, and you get more from it through doing that. And actually, if you found that one, you'd realize that my website ranks higher for that video than the person who created it. You can get much more than the original creator sometimes. It's a bizarre way of working. So then create content around the video. So don't post the video to your website on your blog or on the product page. Put some real content around it, some text content, other images, etc. Put some real effort into that. And the same goes for YouTube. Don't just post a video to YouTube, such as this one. Put a put some thought and some research into the title and to the description and to the tags that are there. What do you want to rank for? Talk about it. Put some links in there. Put some jumping off points. Put some tags that you really think you've got a chance of A, ranking for, but also will deliver some decent traffic for you. And then when you post it to social media, use some relevant hashtags. And that goes for all social media. And remember that the hashtags don't translate across all social media. The reality is, is what works on Instagram isn't going to work on LinkedIn and it isn't going to work on Twitter. They are all very different social media platforms, so you just have to remember that. Finally, AI is going to explode next year. This is probably my biggest trend for next year. So 81% of marketers are already saying they're using AI in some form or other. Now, my betting on that is that they're using chatbots and I don't really think that's AI, but in the survey that Statista did, it included chatbots. <sighs> yeah, okay. So if you include chatbots, AI can be anything from chatbots to randomly frequently asked questions appearing in a random order. Data analysis done by AI is a great idea. 
it takes the legwork off it and you can get your server to do it in a blink of an eye rather than you doing it in 25 spreadsheets. Idea generation, when you stick in a load of keywords or a load of pages from competition, that is another great idea. AI writers and paraphrasers. I have issues with this because the quality can be questionable at best. Although, if you found an AI writer that is amazing, send it across. I'm happy to be corrected on this. Again, content creation falls into this. There is... No, I just don't buy AI content creation right now. There are some okay ones. And that's as far as I'm going. Natural language processing. NLP is something Google does and Basically, it takes text on a page, understands what the text means, and is thematic about it. Sometimes, very granular. There is nothing wrong with that, and I love it. Because basically, it's what tools like SEMrush do, and Ahrefs as well, although not quite as well as Google. So, yeah, it's great. What I think next year will happen is more NLP, It'll be used to monitor analytics and move it forward, monitor site usage and user journeys to improve those user journeys, enhance sales forecasting, create AI content, for example, in terms of social media. So if, for example, something specific is happening on your website, you can create say, graphics and it'll do that kind of thing and also create content for specific users, um, individual users, I should say, um, for emails. And so you can say, actually, you've done this, but we recommend you do this. And so either on the website or in email, you can say, actually, what you've done is go down this user journey path, and this relates kind of to knowing what content they've gone to earlier. So if they've gone to navigation or if they've gone to the almost purchase stage of content, then you can say, actually, if you're on our website and you're likely to purchase later, let's pop up an email capture or let's pop up the we'd like to send you more information um, stage for the notifications. And we might be able to capture you at the point where we can send you emails, we can send you customized emails, and that kind of AI route of then sending them very custom emails because they're on a very specific page, you can kind of go, actually, this could work, and you could send them very specific product information because they have visited, say, one page. So you might send them a something about a dog lead because they've gone to a dog lead page. But if they go to a dog lead page, dog food page, and say, I'm trying to think of something, uh, a puppy information page, you might send them information about getting a puppy. Whereas if they are a specific puppy, um, but if they visit, say, a Rottweiler page, you might send them information about just random dog training pages because actually you might find that the AI you can train it to go if they go through certain stages either they've got a dog 
or they've not got a dog, or you want them to jump through another hoop to qualify for buying something or for filling in a form. So you need them to jump through certain hoops before you send them a certain purchase email, or you want to send them a generic email to say, do you need more information on this or this? And you can lay those emails. You can use AI to basically gate your content in that way. And it's just a very clever way of doing it. So with that, of course, there's going to be other updates that come as well next year. Lots of people have those ideas. I will list a ton of them in the show notes. So I want to end today's show by wishing you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. If you've any questions at all, stick them in the show notes. Don't forget to hit that like button, the subscribe button, and share this podcast. Thanks very much for listening. I'll see you on the other side.